Amen. Thank you, recording lady. Um, she's a regular attender here at Zoom. Uh, I've just got to say, got it, meaning I heard her. Um, can uh, Speaking of hearing, can everybody hear me okay? Just give me a thumbs up that way. Okay, very good. I remember one time the, the microphone, the batteries died, and I kept on talking, and and I never saw everybody trying to communicate that to me. It was hilarious, actually, trying to write. People were writing notes and putting putting them on the, the screen, not realizing that it's backwards on Zoom and everything. And yeah, it was hilarious. We had a, a great time. Anyways, West End Christian Community is a charismatic church. So what does that mean? Uh, I'm I'm asking actually is is anybody want to just you know on Zoom there or whatever just you know unmute yourself for a second there and what does it mean West End Christian Community is a charismatic church. We believe the gifts of the Spirit are still active today. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Zachary, a little louder. I for oh, some yeah. reason I didn't hear it too loud. Uh, I believe it's like the Greek word charisma is like gift or something in like the first Corinthians 12 and 14 passages. Like we believe the gifts of the spirit are still being poured out today is my guess. And like the antithesis would be dispensationalist that we like people that believe that the gifts of the spirit are not being poured out anymore. Wow. That's a pretty good guess there, brother. Comes from Greek root charis, which means gift. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, where we believe that the Holy Spirit, um, who we know from the Bible, the Holy Spirit is, oh man, such a gift to the church. The Holy Spirit is a haris to the church, and uh, um, uh, when He came in power, He changed everything for the church. There was there was healing. There was all these, and the thing is, he was he's the gift to the church, but he also pours out his gifts to the church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you know, there's a whole list of them mentioned in First Corinthians 12. That's not an exhaustive list. There's the Holy Spirit is he makes himself manifest in all kinds of ways in the body of Christ. Uh, it says in the Word of God that um, uh, now the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. And uh, charismatics believe that uh, that common good is still required. In other words, that the Holy Spirit's role in the church hasn't changed. It's 2022, same God. We were actually just singing that song in our worship time. Uh, the, uh, same God. And, uh, and the church still needs the Holy Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit more than ever. So as charismatics, that... That means basically that we believe in the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, how many uh, charismatics does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is five. One to change the light bulb and four to rebuke the darkness. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, um... It's the idea, well, yeah, charismatics, we believe in spiritual warfare. We believe that, uh, I mean, not necessarily the changing the light bulb thing, but uh, yeah, we believe that uh, we're, we want to be aware of spiritual warfare and et cetera, et cetera. Well, today I want to share a prophetic word with you. Um, 
it's a word that that came actually last week during the pre-service prayer time. Um, the church house leaders were praying together, and we. Uh, well, it's kind of this. I'll just let you in on something. I know that some people, uh, as they, when they want to really hear from God, uh, they go up on a mountain somewhere by themselves or or whatever. Uh, for me, that's, that tends not to be the way that I hear from God. I usually hear from God while I'm doing something else. <laughs> like I'm thinking about something else or doing something else. And in this case, I was leading a prayer meeting. And uh, uh, during the prayer meeting, well, I mean, everybody who's a church house leader, they know we were talking about things. But there was this other thing going on in my head while, <laughs> while we're, we're talking and praying about these things. And, and I was thinking over the last couple of years, just all that we've been through with COVID and and the the, the challenges and the difficulties, um, well, and plus us feeling like the Lord Jesus was restructuring our church and and wanted us to to form the way we are, where we're, where lots of times on Sundays we're meeting in church houses, all the challenges that go with that, um, and lots of blessings, but there's some challenges too. Um, I, I was thinking about these things and wondering, Lord, what have you? What are you up to? What are you doing? And I felt like, you know, and again, I, I'm doing something else and talking about something else and praying, and this other little conversation is happening. And I, I felt like the Lord actually answered me right away. And I felt like He said this: "I have been working." In other words, Lord, what have you been up to? I've been working. I am making you, and I believe he was referring to the church, well, and obviously us individually, I am making you three things, flexible, consistent, and resilient. I've been working. That's what the Lord's been up to over these last couple of years. It's not all about COVID. He's, he was, he's been doing something in us as the church. I've been making you flexible, consistent, and resilient. And any church leader knows that those are the top three things that the church is not all that good at. Like we're not all that flexible. You know, it doesn't take much to get us, you know, all upended because things aren't the way that they used to be. Uh, we're not all that consistent. I mean, things have, you know, in terms of uh, what they consider a regular attender at church now, it used to be a regular attender was considered to be somebody who was there every Sunday. And now, 2022, this is like like uh, st- statisticians and people like that. They consider a regular attender at church as someone who comes once a month. So the idea of consistency has changed uh, for our society and for the church. And resilience, uh, I don't know. Again, it doesn't take much for us to fall apart if something goes wrong or, or whatever. So to hear the Lord say this, that he's been working and he's making us flexible and consistent and resilient. It's like, wow, bravo, Lord. You're like, you're working a miracle, in other words, in the, in the heart and the life of the church. Um, and, you know, then the Lord gave me more. I saw, and I'm not going to talk about it all. I saw it all in a flash. Uh, the conclusion, it's true. He's doing it actually and really. The Lord is making us more flexible, more consistent, and more resilient. So 
Um, I, I want, I'll talk about that a little more along the way as I, as I continue with the message about how he's doing that or what he's doing. <clears throat> but I think what I'd like to do is look at the Word of God. And in the Word of God, we find the Lord doing the same work in the life and the heart of the early church. And uh, I, I find that interesting. It's important that we know that we're, n- we're not the first ones or definitely not the last ones that the Lord is He's focusing on these three areas, flexibility, consistency, resiliency. Um, uh, that the early church went through this too, that kind of training. So I'd like to just look at a few scriptures in the Word of God uh, and maybe we can learn a couple of things from our brothers and sisters in Christ in the first century as they were in the same kind of tutelage, as they uh, came under the same kind of training uh, that the Holy Spirit is giving us, the church in these days. And not just us at WEC, definitely us at WEC, but um, other churches across the city and the nation and probably the world. He's doing something. And it's not just, Lord, what are you doing? He's doing something intentionally and specific. So, that's the prophetic word kind of in its just in its plain sense. And what I'm going to do is just spend some time unpacking that uh, through the word of God. The first thing we're going to look at is flexibility, that the Lord is working flexibility in us. And before I, I really get into it, I just want to make sure that we understand one another when I'm, when, when I'm talking about flexibility. The kind of flexibility that the Lord is not working into us is the kind of flexibility that says, you know what, the world is changing, times are changing. We'd better adjust our doctrine. We'd better adjust the word of God so that it can better fit the wisdom. Oh, the beautiful wisdom that the world has nowadays. Just as a side note, I don't think the world is doing its best thinking these days. Anyways, that's not the kind of flexibility we're talking about. Actually, uh, I don't know if anyone even knows what this is. Um, (laughs) You're getting sleepy. No, it's not that. This is what's called a... It's called a plumb line. Yes, uh, sometimes called a plumb bob uh, when you're talking about the last bit here. A plumb line. And it's sort of an interesting thing. It's an ancient way of finding true plumb. Plumb means like straight, up and down. And, and, and that is that all you do is you take a string and you actually use gravity, something God created. Uh, and uh, as, as the thing slows down and stops, you end up finding everything straight. That if you're building, you use your plumb line to make sure everything's straight because there are no other reference points. We haven't, we haven't got a reference point for plumb un- except for something like this. So you're, when you're building, you want to make sure stuff is plumb and level and just straight. So anyways, um, this is like the Word of God. The Word of God is our plumb line. It, it, we, it's not our opinions. Our opinions are like here, and our opinions are here, or whatever, and that's what the world is up to. Uh, we've got the Word of God as believers in Jesus. So um, we have something, something that's not us. It's outside of us. In other words, our perspective and its skewedness, the fact that we can get tilted and not know it, that doesn't affect the plumb line. We just look at the plumb line, and if we're tilted, we can kind of move back into position. 
so that that's not what the Lord is doing. He's not making us flexible with the word of God so that we can turn it upside down and sideways to fit the world's upside down and sideways. So no, no, that's not the flexibility the Lord is into. Uh, uh, the word of God is our plumb line. And uh, the, our, the, the belief, the doctrine that comes out of the word of God, those are the things that that'll, you know, get us through crazy times, as I say, crazy times when people aren't doing their best thinking. Um, the flexibility I, I'm talking about, I'll, I'll take us to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it's a very short verse. Well, or, or just the beginning here. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And uh, yeah, how is that about flexibility? Well, that's the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, well, the church needed to be flexible because the Holy Spirit, oh, he came, he came in uh, power. And suddenly the church is not operating out of religion. It's operating out of a relationship with the Lord. So now there's power. And, and, and I mean, just to handle that would be like a really big deal. Well, then there's healing. Healing came out of that power. And then, I mean, you, when you take a look at the early church, I mean, they, people got wind of the fact that healing, there's power to heal in Jesus' name. And they'd be flocking. Can you imagine the flexibility that would require that suddenly, I mean, they were hiding before. And now they couldn't hide it. You know, the people are, are looking for them. They're, they're looking for, they're, they're, so they have to develop. So then, like, they preach the gospel and thousands of people come to the Lord all at once. And a lot of these people, they weren't like the, the kind of the upper echelon of society. There was a number, especially for healing and stuff, there were people who were begging for a living before. And suddenly there they are and they're part of the church and, and the church has to take care of them somehow. And, and then there's widows and, and you, you, they had to, there was flexibility. The Lord was stretching, stretching, stretching the church. And I'll just mention one more. It says they were all together. They were, they were all together in one place in chapter 2, verse 1. I can tell you that one place was not the temple and it was not the synagogue. Those were the places where you could find God in Judaism, but they weren't there. They were, they were hiding because the government was after them. They were, they were in a room. It says the upper room a little bit earlier on. And all that is is a top story of a house. So there they were in, in, a, in a house, you know, in the top room of a house. And that's where the Holy Spirit came, in power. That's where Pentecost happened in a big way. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, not in the temple, not in the synagogue. And uh, that was a big deal for the church, for the early church, because they were Jews. That's where they understood where God, God lived at number one Temple Street in Jerusalem. <laughs> like that's where God was. And, he, and, and that's where you had to go. But you see, the Holy Spirit indwelt them. When he filled them, he indwelt them and suddenly they became the temple together. So that, that created a whole other range of ways that they could gather, which became very important in the church's history. The house became such an important part of the church's gathering. And uh, they had to be flexible, even in their minds, to get this idea that they could gather anywhere together and the Lord would manifest himself in their midst and shake the place even. They experienced it more than once. So there's flexibility. I'll tell you, that's flexibility. Um, 
for us, uh, I mean, it's not to that extent, but for the, in the last two years, we've had to, I, I, I look back over and I go, how, how did we do this? Or how did we arrive at this place where suddenly we've had to, oh, you know what? I just feel like I'm, I'm ready to throw up the next time I hear the word pivot. Uh, everybody's talking about pivoting. And, you know, you get sick of it, but that's basically what we've been doing constantly for two years. Restrictions tell you you can't do things the way you were doing them. Okay, well, we're going to find a different way. And you stumble and bumble your way through and make mistakes and you find it. Well, and then by the time you find it, they've changed it again. So now you have to find new ways and other ways. Church, we've been pivoting for two years. We've been, well, when you put the Lord in the equation... He is making us flexible. And we've come out after two years way more flexible than than we were before. He's actually managing it. Brothers and sisters, let's cooperate. We we know, you know, if you believe that that might be a word from God, that he is making us flexible, consistent, and resilient. If we believe that, that that's what he's doing, well, let's cooperate. Let's 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 embrace whatever flexible things we need. And I mean, I'm talking to us here. We are in church houses. We wouldn't have even thought of this before. And here we are. We've been doing it and we're kind of rolling in it. It's not easy. Uh, I can second that and third that Uh, it's definitely not easy. But the Lord is okay with us needing to be stretched. He's okay with us having problems that we need to solve because we need to rely on him for the solutions to the problems. So let's be flexible, shall we? By the grace of God and with his power. Consistency. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Because to me, it just is a real picture of the consistency that the Lord was working into the early church. Acts 2.42 says this, And they devoted themselves to what? to the apostles' teaching uh, and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And like this devoting themselves to, they they threw themselves into this. And I've got to say, it must have been that before Jesus came and before the Holy Spirit came, the church probably was pretty dry. Uh, You can tell that because as soon as Jesus started teaching with authority, people were bowled over. So what is this? What is this teaching? You know, he's teaching with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. So it must have been pretty dry. It must have been pretty boring uh, to be in synagogue or or whatever. Um, Because it was mostly religion. It was mostly just trying to, you know, trying to check the boxes and just trying to do the things they had to do. Well, then the Holy Spirit comes and everything changes. They go from religion to relationship. Uh, a vital living relationship with the with the with the eternal God, and 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 now not just religion with each other either. It's it's relationship with each other in Christ. Everything changed for them, and I think they loved it. And I think they loved it because there was, it was a, a real difference. And it says they devoted themselves it consistently to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And the prayers um, for us at WEC, uh, you know, this is something the Lord showed me as I was thinking about all this. This whole church house thing, 
it's had a certain result. And that is, overall, it's made us more consistent. Um, and, and Zoom as well. Like if we can't be there actually, then people are Zooming in rather than just not coming. Um, there's going to be a payoff from all this consistency. You see, when we're in the church houses, <clears throat> there's a level of care and prayer. And I think somewhere in the Bible it says, everyone knows your name, something like that. Um, that where everyone knows your name and uh, uh, that these things are actually creating a consistency in us where we know each other. And we know each other in a way that when we are in the building, just the building with maybe a few house groups, you know, during the week, it just didn't happen in the same way. So the Lord's actually in this whole little shift that he's got us doing. One of the payoffs is he's making us consistent. And we're going to need that, brothers and sisters. We're going to need flexibility. I'm not talking about in the last two years having needed that. I'm talking about going forward. We're going to need flexibility. We're going to need consistency. And we'll talk a bit more about that near the end. So... um, uh, the truth is, I think, we're about as consistent as we've ever been, more probably. And we're about as consistent as we can be right now. So I say, praise the Lord. He's doing that work. Why don't we cooperate with him if we're not already? You know, we're trying to re- rejig the 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 church life and kind of the cadence of the church life. You know, we have the worship and prayer night with a meal and we have the celebration services with a meal and we have our church houses. Um, There's an opportunity to buy into these things and, you know, to, to form a consistency of fellowship with one another in the smalls and in the big. That balance, there's also a payoff in that, in the small, uh, the the benefits of intimacy uh, in Christ as we meet together and worship together and the benefits of the big, the corporiety of getting together. It's almost like getting a full meal, a a, a rounded meal, uh, um, where both of those things are important for the people of God. And uh, yeah, why why don't we give that a try if we were not really bought into that? Why don't we give it a try to live the life of a fellowship that is consistently gathering and that we're not on the periphery of or semi-disconnected or whatever. A lot of times people say, I feel so disconnected. Well, a lot of times it's because we're disconnected. <laughs> it's, it's something we can do something about. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's cooperate with that, that consistency. And, uh, well, let's talk about resiliency. We've talked about flexibility and consistency let's talk about resiliency acts 4 uh, verses 29 to 31 Uh, i'll have to set that one up a little bit well that's where peter and john you know uh, they're going to the temple and they find a guy who can't walk he's been that way since birth Uh, the holy spirit taps peter on the shoulder and says you know you'll need to stop and heal this guy and then we'll preach the gospel. <laughs> so uh, Peter ends up stopping and, and they, they, there's a kind of an awkward conversation where the guy thinks they're going to give him some money and he doesn't have money for him, but he ends up healing him. So in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. 
And he does, and he's jumping up and down and everything. And, he, of course, a crowd is gathering. And then, uh, well, then, then they preach the gospel. More people come to the Lord right away, which requires more flexibility. That was pretty flexible of Peter and John there too, wasn't it? Um, well, and then they get arrested because the government doesn't like it. They don't like seeing the power of God. Um, well, and then they don't the, the 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 governing authorities, the religious leaders, they don't know what to do with them, so they they decide to try to scare them. Never, never talk in this name again. Otherwise, you're going to really get it. Never do this again. So they tried to use fear to get uh, to get them to do what they wanted. And uh, so then they 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 went. Where did they go? They went to church. They they went and found their own. Actually, it says. They, I think in some translations it says they went and found their friends, <laughs> but it's really the Greek. The Greek is they went and found their own, their own brothers and sisters in Christ, and they gathered all together again, and said, "This is what happened. We healed this guy. We preached the gospel. Thousands more people came to the Lord. So, um, uh, yeah, we're in trouble." because they said not to preach anymore, even though Jesus told us to. So what do we do? And then they begin to pray. And it starts, the prayer kind of starts looking like, I wonder if they're being intimidated. But then they start hauling off and praying in this really good direction, this really this really resilient direction. I'm starting at verse 29. And they're praying, they're talking to God. And now, Lord, Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you, they're saying, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll do our job. Okay, we'll preach like you told us to. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, uh, it says something happened. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So the early church, man, talk about resilient. Now, none of them were soldiers. And I don't think anyone was a soldier. Soldiers, they learn hardship and they learn, you know, just by hard training, they learn to be resilient. Thing is, these aren't soldiers. If you take a look at who who are these, the first church, the early church, they're not soldiers. They're like fishermen, and none of these none none of these people were trained in resiliency. They didn't get the training. Uh, they got it. They certainly had to. They had to be resilient. What were they? They were uh, ridiculed. They were arrested. They were threatened. They were beaten. I'm not talking about this particular time. I'm talking about over time. They were imprisoned. They were killed. And they were persecuted. Uh, and they just seemed to get tougher and tougher as a result of all this stuff. The, uh, the, you know, you think of the, the amount of trauma these guys had been through and these women had been through. It's incredible. But they were resilient. Uh, how did they become resilient? Well, it's, I'm hoping it's becoming obvious that nobody is pulling themselves up by their own bootstraps and finding all these resources. Um, they just seem to get tougher. 
you know what, brothers and sisters, looking over the last two years, we have not been through anything like that. But we have been through something, haven't we? Uh, this wasn't easy. And I think actually there are probably some uh, some challenges that are yet to come from all of this that, you know, that we've all just kind of buried while we're just trying to soldier through and, 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 and just trying to get through to the next, you know, to the next end of the restrictions. Um, yeah, we, we haven't been through that stuff, but the Lord has brought us through something. And I actually believe the Lord has made us more resilient as a, as a, as a result. I mean, just talking to people and everything as we're all kind of emerging now and being able to be in one another's presence. uh, I think, I think the Lord has carried us through this and in many ways he has made us tougher. So praise the Lord for that. Let's, let's, uh, let's be cooperative. Let's cooperate with the Lord and, and really seek him and look to him to be resilient. And you know what? Self-pity. Whew, I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I almost got a dose of that. Well, I think I actually took a little dose of that um, earlier like this this wonderful message that I was supposed to do. It was a wonderful message. And uh, uh, something tech, technological happened. I think it was spiritual. 10 o'clock at night last night, the whole sermon, like it's all, it was all gone. Everything, I worked all day on Saturday on this and it was all gone. And then I, 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 I couldn't get it back. There was, there was no way to get it back. And really there was no way to get it back. I didn't get it back. So I sat down at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, Karen sort of got the I'm so sad uh, speech from me. And, you know, I didn't say poor me, but I was feeling that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit helps. So we believe that. Here I am going to preach about flexibility, consistency, and resiliency. And I'm being taken apart by the fact that my sermon disappeared in a cloud somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, not going to do that. No, not going to do that. Uh, I'll choose resilience instead by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm hoping this message is clear enough because uh, the notes certainly aren't what uh, what they were yesterday. Wow, that was a message. I'll tell you, that was a message yesterday. You would have gotten something really good. Um, anyways, uh, I, I just want to conclude um, with a couple of observations. You know, if we look at each of these examples about how the Lord did this with the early church, how he made them flexible, how he made them consistent and resilient, we find, who do we find in the center of every one of those situations? Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, right in the center of it all. Like to make them flexible, the Holy Spirit got right inside them and indwelt them to make them able to, oh no, we can't meet in the synagogue, we can't meet in the temple, let's just meet anywhere. Because it's we, we're the temple, we're living stones in the temple now. The Holy Spirit enabled them to do it, to be flexible. Praise the Lord. Well, and you look at consistency. Uh, one of the earliest manifestations of the Holy Spirit, well, this is this thing of them devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the uh, breaking of bread and prayer and fellowship. That wasn't just them. 
That was the Holy Spirit working in them. That comes right in Acts, I think, chapter 2. It's like right after Pentecost. They can't get enough of the Lord. They just want to keep meeting. And they can't get enough of each other because they know the Lord is manifesting himself in their midst. And it's so cool they want to experience it together. And it's so Holy Spirit that it's multifaceted. So if they want to actually get an experience of the Lord, they have to go beyond themselves into finding what the Holy Spirit's got as he's indwelling other people as well. That's why we need to gather. They felt it. They needed to gather and they were consistent in it, but that was the Holy Spirit's doing. And they were resilient. Well, how did they get resilient? We got like a whole picture of it. They prayed because they were scared. They were being threatened. So they prayed, asked the Holy Spirit to, to, to make them bold and to keep doing what they were doing and, and, and not obeying the, what the, govern, the authorities were saying because they had to obey what Jesus was saying. So they asked the Holy Spirit to do it. The Holy Spirit comes, shakes the whole building, fills everybody, and they're doing exactly what Jesus told them and boldly as well. So in other words, fear. They weren't doing it all in fear and trembling either. It's the Holy Spirit. So that's the good news, brothers and sisters. Let's be charismatics. Let's believe in the Holy Spirit. Let's include him in our conversations with God. Let's pray. Let's pray to him. Let's ask him for things too. Let's, let's be the church in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's receive him as our counselor and as our comforter and as the, uh, the one who guides us into all truth. Um, let's receive the Holy Spirit. Let's continue to be charismatics. Um, the, the last thing I'll say is this, and that is that um, all those qualities that the Lord was developing in the early church in Jerusalem there, flexibility, consistency, resiliency, all those things that the Lord was developing, they weren't an end in themselves. He was developing those things in them for something that was going to happen. In other words, it was training. It was basic training. And I mean, I feel like, you know, we've been through that a lot as, as, a, as a church. Like all of our adjustments and pivoting and yada, yada, all of that stuff, it's not about COVID. It's actually about training. The Lord's been training us in flexibility, consistency, resiliency, just like he's been training. He was training the early church in Acts chapter 2 all the way through to chapter 8. Chapter 8. And then they found out what they needed all that training for. Uh, a great persecution came on them. Uh, Stephen was, was uh, well, he was cornered and uh, killed. And after Stephen was killed, a great persecution came on the church in Jerusalem and they had to flee for their lives. And all the things they'd learned, that they had to gather in different ways, not the synagogue or the, or the temple necessarily, but homes. They had to gather in homes. They took that with them into Judea and Samaria where Jesus told them they would be going and because they'd need to be his witnesses there. Uh, so, they, they, they took all this equipping with them. Oh, isn't God good? Oh, he equipped them for this. He didn't, he didn't prevent them from experiencing anything bad, but he equipped them instead to go through the, the hard thing with him. 
And they went through this time of persecution and all the flexibility was required to be witnesses of Jesus in Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. All the consistency they needed to know the word of God. They, because they were going to be teaching it soon. Even the ones that were just, you know, you know, filling a pew before. All of a sudden, there they are. They're scattered. And they're, they're well, talk about resiliency. They're scattered. They've lost their property. Everything's reversed on them because they're Christians. And what do they do? They go preaching the gospel everywhere. Oh, that's wonderful. Instead of going, you know, oh no, look what God did to us. Uh, you know, like uh, they, they, they ended up preaching the gospel. Talk about resiliency. But they were trained in all these things going forward. And brothers and sisters, uh, I, I, all in order to get on with the job of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what? The job hasn't changed. Here we are in 2022. We have the same job. And it's not getting easier. Maybe you've noticed it's not getting easier in our society to be who we are as the church and to do what we've been told to do as the church, to make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. Those are our marching orders still. We're here we are at the ends of the earth and uh, we're still operating in that. Um you know, the road that we're heading into, it may not be so easy. And maybe the Lord is preparing us. He's making us. And, you know, God, you know, praise the Lord. He's He's used COVID to help train the church. And, and here we are more flexible, more consistent, hopefully, more resilient, hopefully, so that we can fulfill not, not everything that's happened, but that we can fulfill things that the Lord will have us do uh, to maintain our identity as the church, to maintain our mission as the church uh, in a world that is, um, quite frankly, getting hostile to the Lord and to his word and to his church. So may God help us as he has been doing. That's the encouragement. Okay, I'm done. God bless you.